0: Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis. It is March, Saturday, March the 9th, 2019, 2 p.m. Central Time. I wanna thank you very much for joining me this afternoon, and this is Altitude Adjustment. Um, so the, the title of the show is In America While Black, and it was a play on uh, some of the current events that have been happening in the, around the country, uh, such as barbecuing while black, um, you know, gardening while black, babysitting while black. Um, but that wasn't what I wanted to make the focus. I I just like that title. But also, um, there are other aspects of being black in America that are a challenge for uh, black Americans. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. So, um, let's see, um, recently, or I can say, well, yeah, this past year, Uh, I don't know when the, the poem was presented, but, um, on my Facebook, one of my Facebook friends sent me a link to a poem, uh, by Smokey Robinson, or at least Smokey Robinson presented it. And it was i love being black and you can do a google search or whatever search engine that uh, you prefer to to look up the poem and it's six minutes and 17 seconds of inspiring uh, words that will get you amped up regardless of whether you're white or black it's it's a celebration of people, and um, one of the things that he did in the poem was he pretty much um, just beat up the term African-American. I'm, I mean, after that, I had to really think about uh, calling myself African-American, but I do like the term African-American. I like being called black, uh, but I also like being called African-American. And, and I know that goes against, well, I can say it goes against, but it, at least in the poem, um, he gave very good reasons why um, that he opposed the idea or that, that there was opposition to the term uh, African-American. But I think the goal in America is, especially for minorities and um, black people in particular, is to one day be called simply Americans, to eliminate the hyphenation, to eliminate the black designation or any kind of a race designation, and just be called American. And part of what I see as African American is um, a recognition that we have not reached that point yet. Um, black also does that, but, um, and so I, I said, that for me, they're interchangeable. And uh, the poem um, is is very insightful and very uh, it offers a, a lot of information. I think it's important. So please get uh, if you get a chance take take a look at uh, look that up and and watch the poem. Like I said, it's six minutes, of, and you will really enjoy it. Um, so a lot of the challenges that we face as African Americans is um, so it's been said that a lot of times African Americans don't assimilate well. Um, and I have to disagree with that, um, specifically since it's not the assimilation of blacks into society, it's the acceptance of uh, blacks in the society. It Blacks are more pushed out of society and not allowed to participate than they are presented an opportunity to participate and then thrive and bring something to the table. And that's part of what America should be about is that everybody brings something different to the table and one of the things that um, has has that I looked up was um, Western culture so if you if you look up the term Western culture uh, it refers to European culture and then when you look up European culture it it becomes kind of vague and it, it refers to art and it's usually artists of Um, white that are white so it's only natural to assume that western culture means white culture now every culture has a every civilization uh, has a way of doing things and right is right and wrong is wrong and whether you have white artists or black artists artistry should Cause you to think. It should cause you to challenge ideas or to uh, highlight uh, points of interest or highlight achievements in society. And it doesn't matter if um, it's Western culture or any other culture. Uh, So, um, how we try to build a better uh, society has to try to include all of the people in and, and we have a special opportunity because we have so mi- so mi- so much diversity that um where some other cultures may lack uh certain aspects where that respecting women or um how to treat uh elderly um so i recently had uh, took an uber and was coming back from um, a uh, town hall. Town hall, and I'll talk a little bit more about that town hall uh, because it's significant in, in the scope of this conversation. So, I was coming back from a town hall, and the driver was from Congo. And we talked about uh, you know him moving to the states. He was from a refugee camp, and he was able to get into the states and he's working to send money back to uh, his family that are still in refugee camps. And uh, he's a student um, working on, I think his master's, I think he said. Um, But we talked about how they treat elders in their society and that um, the family is responsible for the elders. And in our society, we pushed them off into, adult care homes. And we, we may tend to walk away and leave them there. Um, but wouldn't it be great if the family unit was tighter and better organized and that the family unit was as in other cultures, uh, some cultures, um, um, leave it to other individuals to care for the elderly and other cultures, um, make it a, a Condition of being in the family to care for uh, elders, and that's a discussion we should have. But because we have so many different cultures, we can have that discussion and uh, design our culture so that so that it works best for everyone. Now, in the recent um, current and current environment, is for people running for president. There is a discussion that's going on about reparations so we we know that um racism and uh, slavery is a stain on our development in this country and it's an issue that we've never really dealt with directly and it it appears that we may be working towards that but there are a lot of conversations going on and currently reparations is uh, a couple of things that have or is one of the topics that has um, cross the, the um, lips of candidates running for president. And I have some difficulty with reparations, not the fact of the reparation, but that uh, at this particular time, okay, um, so as I mentioned, there are a lot of challenges of being black in the United States. Um, and for whatever reason, um, it is, I want to say common knowledge that blacks don't, um, uh, they're more consumer oriented than entrepreneurial oriented. They will spend money on depreciating, um, uh, items rather than appreciating items such as, um, a family home. Um, The parents may or grandparents may leave the home and rather than someone taking over the home and uh, doing what is necessary to either um, liquidate that or you rehab it or rebuild it, redo it so that other family members can use it so that it stays in the family and it becomes useful, um, they may let it go back for taxes. And so my thought is at the, at the current state, if you do reparations and you provide a dollar amount, uh, you you know, you give some kind of financial assistance to, um, if the people that you're providing the assistance to does not understand how to, how wealth works, how to secure their future by, as I said, Uh, purchasing and um, having appreciable um, items, um, all you're doing is providing um, a uh, consumer with more opportunities to consume, and it's not in the end going to resolve the problem that you're trying to resolve. And so I think at this particular point that even the discussion of reparations is not beneficial. It is, it allows for an opportunity to say we gave them reparations, we gave them an opportunity to care for themselves, to build a a community, to build uh, opportunities for themselves, and they wasted it. And so we're no longer, we've washed our hands of it and we no longer uh, have to deal with that. And so I don't think you set them up for success. And so the idea is, to make sure that that if you provide reparations and that's a discussion that I think needs to be had um, how to do that and why would we do that Um, I disagreed with um, Ronald Reagan's providing reparations Um, he did it unilaterally and how do you provide reparations for uh, the Japanese for internment but but not deal with other reparation issues and so so I think we really need to visit uh, reparations as a as a whole, uh, because there may be other um, communities that uh, can be uh, have reparations as a a way to uh, be inclusive in society. Um, so so as I said, I. What we should try to do and is, is make sure that we're um, setting people up for success and not setting it up for failure. And also, so as I mentioned, um, uh, the black community seems to be noted for being a consumer rather than entrepreneurial. Um, there are other ways that resources are pulled from the community, not just from their own, um, from our own, and I say that, from our own behavior, but things like we're still dealing with uh, communities targeting uh, minorities uh, with excessive fines and fees. Um, we've got, uh, so even if um, you give large sums or sums of, of uh, capital for reparations uh, and they go to um, Turn to financial advisors. Uh, the financial advisor system is probably as broken as the rest of as the rest of um, uh, some of the, the the resources available to people to try to build wealth. Um, unethical uh, and um, resource or um, financial advisors take advantage of people who. Um, we, we see it in, in, uh, um, professional sports figures. They've, uh, made large sums of money and wind up being broke at the end of that. And there is absolutely no reason for that other than, um, they got bad financial advice. Now, not all, um, appreciable resource or appreciable items are, created equal, um, you know, stocks and bonds carry a little bit more risk than property and, and, um, uh, trust. And so, um, if you put money into a, an environment where they're not set up for success, where it's, you don't protect that investment. Um, it most certainly, um, can come to disarray and disuse. Um, So we know that there's been a history of disenfranchisement. Um, So while um, Blacks may not be prone to look for appreciation value in the things that they purchase, um, a lot of that comes from Um, the way that the community has been treated for such a long period of time Um, government and private industry worked together to pull resources from the black community or if if the black community made any strides um, those strides were walked back through um, other building um, um, building highways through established communities, um, moving businesses out of, uh, black communities so that there is no base or they're, they're, they're not, they have to go travel long distances just to earn a living, to bring money back into the neighborhood. Um, banks would not loan to black entrepreneurs so that they could establish businesses in black communities and service black communities. And we've seen that in um, a a lot of foreign born um, entrepreneurs opening businesses in black communities and um, black black business people not getting loans or getting loans at extremely exorbitant interest rates where they're not given competitive interest rates of someone else that wants to open a business in the black community so so there's been a systematic disenfranchisement of black entrepreneurs and black self-sufficiency so so giving large sums of money or even any sum of money into the community without helping to provide as i said a means of um creating success is only going to keep the cycle going. And one of the things that I um, wanted to make note about was, um, so there is uh, uh, this concern that um, black children uh, aren't getting the education um, that they need to, to survive. And Uh, to some degree I understand that argument and there are are things about that argument that I push back against because I think um, math is math and science is science and uh, English and social studies are what they are. Um, And so there are core issues or core uh, competencies in um, primary education that are consistent whether you're in a poor school or a rich school um, but in a poor school and a poor neighborhood, um, children get to see that even though there are, um, teachers and, um, other people of who, who learn, who get degrees, um, don't get, uh, forward. It does, they, they don't see the benefit of of all of the schooling and the education. Um, black, black students graduating with a degree um, has gone way up, but black people in positions of management and corporate management and civic management aren't getting those jobs they aren't getting the recognition for that and so explaining to a child who sees the devastation around them goes through a neighborhood and sees you know things that are unkept. um the the you can see i'm from st louis you can see where the money is being spent and you can see the citizenry that seems to get the benefit and explaining to a child, well, if you work hard, you're, you're going to get there. You're going to, um, become, um, have better, a better life. And then explaining to them, um, that, that what they're doing is going to matter. And so, so there's one instance I want to, and so I'm bringing back to a conversation around to, uh, the meeting I went to, um, so the city of St. Louis has had a couple of black mayors. Um, and then uh, the last two mayors were white, and one was um, Francis Slate that served I think 12 years as mayor, and then Elida uh, Cruson is the current mayor. Um, in the last election, sixty seven percent of the votes cast went to black candidates. For mayor there were four or five black candidates for mayor and so it could have easily been a black mayor of the city um with that being said um the prosecutor is black and uh the police chief is black so so there is there in the st louis area there's becoming a representation of blacks in government and each has presented uh even in the in the county the county executive or not the the county prosecutor uh was black uh just got elected black um but so so white so people see that there is this and growing representation of blacks in government um you know blacks have been told um You know, get up and vote, go out and participate, get in the system, you know, get involved in the system and get your representation and things will happen for you. Things will be better for you. And so they've done that. They've done that here in the St. Louis area. Um, It it may not have been as strong as we would have, as some would have liked, but the representation was growing. Um, Recently. There has been this plan, um, Better Together, I think it's called, um, to combine the city of St. Louis into the county of St. Louis. Um, St. Louis broke away from the county, 1700s, I want to say. And so it's not, it's, it's the only city not sitting in its county um that's not a part of its county it's a separate entity and the city has quite a few uh or a few um profit making uh items or um i not gonna call them items profit making um utilities um that they manage and so they have some um some debt and in the city of st louis uh has been losing um tax base as people have moved into the county and um so there have been some issues about that um but the city has is operating and and it can operate effectively just as it is and um so the so the current um County executive is white. Um, and I said, the city, the mayor is white. And so the, they've come up with this plan to merge the city and the county. And, um, so people are concerned that, that someone who chose to be elected for the city of St. Louis has decided to give the city to the county. Um, So, which is a concern about Lyda cruson that if she didn't want to be uh, mayor of the city of St. Louis, she should not have run, but to become mayor of the city and then particularly agree to a plan to give the city back to the county um, should not have been her initiative that she took. Now, the plan calls for um, unelected officials being placed in a position of power. So that the county executive um, determines who runs what in the in the middle of the transition and that there will be no elections held until 2025 so that the people don't get a say in how the transition goes and, you know, what what changes are made. So you've got a community where black people have got up and done what is necessary to try to. increase their representation to have a a bigger voice and once they've done that then and i don't want to say that that the city county merger just came up that it was just this year it has been talked about before it has been looked at and um, people did not agree to it Um, there may be some other mitigating circumstances rather than um, just the, the black and white issues of it which um, you would think would be the case. Um, no one, would. I don't say no one, but it's probably not blatant that someone would just go, you know, we want to, it's time to merge because, um, you know, blacks are are getting a a higher representation in the city government. But so, so now that there's a higher representation and, um, so they want to, Take from the people the opportunity to represent themselves, and merge the city and the county. And then the other issue is, they want to sell off, like uh, the sewer district, and um, um, they want to privatize. Say sell off. They want to privatize the airport, which the city owns. They want to privatize um, uh, the sewer district. And what privatization it means? Is that they give it to, um, businesses or they, they hire businesses or, uh, some degree of business, a private business industry, private business takes over the operation of that. And, and then they control that for the community. Now, one of the, the, the concerns that I have immediately hit my mind was, um, so recently, we've had some construction, highway construction going on, and there had to be a fight to get inclusion for black businesses. So black businesses were not initially a part of that, and so we we had to fight to get that done. Because of the history of disenfranchising black entrepreneurs, um, as you, try to privatize government functions. Um, there aren't a lot of black entrepreneurs in a position to compete for these p- p- compete for these opportunities to provide services to the community. So what happens is um, you basically are handing the uh, the, function of city government over to, um, non-elected, uh, entities, and they don't have a necessarily a responsibility so they can assi- uh, assign rates and, uh, do other things that, that may not be in the supreme interest of the community. And so the, the question then becomes, it's about trust. There's no reason I say it may be that these that these private organizations may come in and do an excellent job for the city of St. Louis or for the residents of the city of St. Louis, but because every opportunity that they've trusted someone outside the community to come in, they've gotten burned. There's no trust. And so now they're trying to um, have a city county merger um, and they're doing it in such a way that there's no trust. There's no there's no transparency to it. It is let's do it all privately behind closed doors, uh, private industry where we assign who does what so that they don't have to come to the people and ask for permission. So they basically are acting as it is better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. And, uh, you know, after telling people for so long, if you get involved in the system, if you participate, if you vote, if you're active in your communities, if you care, get up and do something about it. And then when they get up and do something about it, you change the rules on them. Um, They elected a, a black fire chief. Uh, they changed the rules about what he can, he has control over what he has. You know, there were certain responsibilities that were assigned to that role. Um, and then a black fire chief shows up and they changed the responsibilities. Because he was black does not necessarily mean they changed it, but it's suspect. And so you have to ask the question with all of the history of, um the history of disenfranchisement, you know, how do you trust one of the things that, uh, um, Muhammad Ali, I saw in a a video clip and he talked about, you know, 10,000 snakes coming his way. And he said, maybe uh, 2,000 of those snakes don't mean me any harm, but how do I know who's not trying to do me harm? And it simply comes down to, we don't have trust. We don't have, There's there's been no sustained movement from outside the community because all of the fight has come from, or is seen as coming from inside the community that the majority of the people fighting for the freedom and fighting for the opportunity to live as americans and not be called black or african-american comes from inside the community and how do you trust someone if they're not trying to help you be free um and 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 achieve greater opportunity um so i'll make this last point and then i'm gonna call it quits um so in the recent election uh, there were a lot of um, there were two candidates and it's been said on a couple of occasions there were two candidates that were heavily unpopular so our election system presented us with two difficult choices and i'm not saying that for everyone there were a lot of Obviously, a lot of people that supported uh, both candidates, which is what happens, um, lo- uh, some more enthusiastically than others. Um, but so the question becomes one becomes the president number 45. And so the statement was. Not everybody that voted for 45 was racist, and that may be true, but they were willing to accept it to get what they wanted. Louis Farrakhan is a um, controversial character because of some of the things he said. But as far as I know, he's never done anything specifically to harm anyone or to uh, disallow them an opportunity to live where they want to live. Even people who have been photographed with um, Louis Farrakhan have had to shake um, calls to believe that they somehow are um, supportive of him um, or uh, support his ideologies. Uh, But that doesn't, but, but what we're saying is that that doesn't isn't the same thing as for 45 so so i can support him and not be painted with the brush that that i support all of the things that he does and says we've talked a lot about in our society about hypocrisy and that's probably the greatest level of hypocrisy um, In trying to achieve parity, in trying to achieve a society where everybody's represented and that everybody has an opportunity to achieve the American dream and be called Americans, we have to be cognizant of the people that we put into office, regardless of if they may be the greatest person to bring about economic development and i'm not saying that he did or did not but the mere inclination of his past and what he represents does not help build trust and whether you specifically agree with his behavior or not if you're voting for him or her you are basically supporting that person's agenda um i want to thank you very much i did hope we we just start a conversation um uh, i like to you know i don't want to shy away from the controversial issues uh But I don't want to get into um, just mudslinging and screaming. So hopefully um, we can have a constructive conversation about it. Again, I want to thank you very much for your time today. And I'll be back again next week, next Saturday at 2 p.m. Central Time. This podcast is streamed live each week on YouTube and you're encouraged to participate by asking questions and including your thoughts. To participate, please contact Altitude Adjustment by connecting via Skype at thelionsden.stl at gmail.com or Google at thelionsden.stl at gmail.com. Please feel free to connect with me on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, and on here on YouTube. Be sure to look out for, look for this and other episodes where you listen to the podcast. Um, there's an audio version out there, and your likes and shares are internet gold. Please share and like this podcast where you find it. And always remember to be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.